once again to bearded fellows sit down to imbibe alcohol and discuss films something that many other white boys do in podcasts they think often about how to make their show stand out and to be interesting but they do know that this quest is pointless at the end of the day after the laughs have been had and the recording is stopped they will know what every endeavor is a mere distraction from the reminder that we are mortals thrown into the primordial chaos of the universe Welcome back to the primordial chaos that is Sharktoberfest, the show where we watch shark movies, except for when we don't, and that's been often <laughs> recently. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Logan Nielsen, and joining me, as always, is my co-host and the resident beer daddy, Dustin Pixley. Hi, Dustin! That was lovely. Hello, yeah. Logan. How are I, you? At first, I was going to scream, and then I was like, you know what? I want to make this angelic. It was I want to make this just light and, and airy. Well, we need to start with that, because the rest of the show will that's, not be. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, I could start hopeless, because it's Werner Herzog, or <laughs> or let's uh, let's go the other way, and let's be playful. Let's start at the top before we yeah. descend into darkness. Into the inferno which is the name of the movie we watched it is a uh our second our second documentary and our second Werner herzog documentary <laughs> it's what drew us in it absolutely is but we saw like he did a documentary on volcanoes which goes with our our hot 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 hot, hot, hot summer um that's why we didn't talk much about volcanoes when we did dante's peak and volcano because we knew we were going to be watching a volcano documentary but this one, though, it's not so much about the science, and it's more about a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, a lot of other stuff. I, I, I guess I don't know why I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised, um, but it was, <laughs> but it was still surprising how little about volcanoes it was. <laughs> it was pretty much an, <laughs> just an excuse to go to another location. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, do you think just Werner just had some miles on his like Delta plan? And <laughs> if I don't use these by the end of the year, they expire. And expire is but another word for death. <laughs> um, but yeah, we watched Into the Inferno. Uh, currently streaming on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, actually. A Netflix, oh, was it? Okay, I, it's got had the little the branded N on it, so I believe it's a Netflix. He's done a couple of things for that, which surprises me because you think it'd be a thing he they, would hate, but they just keep hiring that man. But he also—he's a weird guy. We'll he's get into weird, that. We'll yeah, get into yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, We've yeah. talked about Werner Herzog before. We did Grizzly Man uh, back when we did old the old February. Uh, you mean our wildly popular segment that we did the most popular segment we've ever done on this show and it, it has the highest listens and, it wasn't confusing and at if, all and if i'm saying it that way you must know it's true that everyone loved it uh <laughs> um, 
but uh yes we've we've covered him before um you don't need to have listened to that episode to to get this episode but just know uh we're probably gonna have some of the same thoughts on the guy (laughs) he's fascinating um i also watched a a little mini doc on disney plus that you did not watch that i'll be telling you about i'm gonna go ahead and just tease it now to let people know we'll get it out there that it's kind of the second movie we're gonna be talking about but differently but i watched something called sharkano which sounds like it should be a sci-fi original, but it is actually a National Geographic mini-documentary about... When you first pitched it a long while back, I thought it was. In fact, I think you thought it was when, when you first I, heard about it. When yeah. I heard the title, I was amazed I couldn't find it on Tubi. And then it turns <laughs> out it is not a uh, an asylum movie. It's an actual documentary trying to find the connection between uh, volcanoes and sharks. That's an odd title for a doc, though, too. I was kind of surprised that it was National Geographic and not uh, Discovery because we talked last year about how Discovery is a little schlockier than uh, than than Nat Geo at this point. Yeah, they've gotten a little silly over the years. Yeah, a little bit. And we'll probably be that might have already come out before this. I don't know, but I think we're gonna do some more uh, some Shark Week, Shark Fest stuff. And if it's already happened, then you know, I'm scroll down. There it is. If we already did it, who's to say? <laughs> Who know? We don't know. We don't know. I don't know. We have yeah, we just how can one predict the future when the future is merely chaos we have not witnessed yet? Right, Werner, right. Yeah. Thank you, Werner. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. I don't know why he has a mic, but you can't take a mic away from this guy. Yeah. I brought my own from home. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we're just going to deal with that throughout the episode, I guess. Just every now and then of our friend Werner Hertz. Oh, he'll be chiming in. He'll just chime in every now and then. Fellas, what piece of alcohol will you be sampling this episode? No one calls it piece of alcohol, but I guess let's look at what... uh, I don't know why he called it that, but... um, Dustin, what are we drinking here today? I picked up Leinenkugel's Sunshine Light Lager. Leinenkugel, it sounds German. It is German. I think German descent, right? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Jacob Leinenkugel, to be exact. Uh, Leinenkugel's the Sunshine Light Lager light-bodied German-style lager. Shouldn't you do this in a more dark tone and we'll put some dark-ass music behind it? Should I? Well, maybe I won't do it. Vernon, maybe you want, Vernon should take this one? Vernon, why don't, you, why don't you read the can? I would gladly read it. That's great, man. I'm saying it somewhat facetiously because I've never known glad. Kugel's Sunshine Light Lager is a bright, light-bodied beer brewed with tradition hops with tradition hops that's what it says with tradition hops and select munich malt with just the right amount of bitterness for the style and a crisp finish it's made to be enjoyed all day keep it stocked for a full day lounging by the water and this message is signed by the linen kugel family well, thanks, Werner. That was that was really good. I hope you both know that the beer will never make you happy. Oh, there it is. That's fine. Okay, okay. There it is. we we yeah. know that we're not. That's okay. There's just a lot of talk on that can about joy, and I feel like that is a futile bit of design. Okay, it's fine. You could. Why don't you hang back, bud? Why don't you hang back for a sec? We'll let's let's, let's you, let us do our thing for a little bit. We'll we'll we'll. I'll give you a signal. We'll call on you. I'll give you a signal if we yeah. want you to come back in. Oh, God. It's fucking oh, good. Oh, God. Is he going to be there the whole time? 
The whole time he's going to sit here? He's going to fucking do this the whole time. Yes, the whole time. God damn it. All right, let's go ahead and open these up. Ooh. Wow. Sounds good. Clink. I noticed you two clink the cans, but it does not make a noise. It's kind of a traditional thing. We just always we always just clink whatever glass we're having. It does not clink, though. It's fine. It's just fine. Just let us do the thing we're doing. Why? I don't. I'm, I'm trying to not get mad at him, but I just I feel like sometimes he deserves it. We all deserve anger thrust upon us. Oh my God! Just let's just drink these. That's definitely a light lager. Yeah, I noticed it's only 3.4% alcohol, so it's very, it, very light. Is it only 3.4? Um, the can does appear to be normal size, so that would make it, um, if one had a guess. 12 fluid ounces? 12 fluid ounces. Oh, I hope so. And it's only 99 calories. Now, does it also say the milliliters? I'm European. <sighs> yes, it does. It says 355 milliliters. I wasn't angry at the metric system. I was just angry at the interruption again. Again. Just saying if they put it on the can, you should read it. Oh, my God. Can you? Okay. Dustin, thoughts on the beer? I didn't think he was going to make me so angry. I saw him come down here, and I was like... Um, it's light and delicious, unlike Werner. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not a, not a lot to this beer. No, I think it's as expected. It's it's it literally says it's a light lager, it, so it feels like nothing. Yeah, it, <laughs> even you're swallowing it. It feels like it just goes away. <laughs> it's evaporates. I don't even feel like I'm drinking anything. Yeah, it was just so fucking hot today that I wanted to pick something. No, I think that's I think that's a good choice, and you know I've, I've been talking about how uh, now the old the old beer on this show I think is uh, giving me the old gut <laughs> a little bit. It's rare. It's rare you have someone who does a beer-based show and is also a fitness freak. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. I truly feel like I'm swallowing nothing. I feel like it goes into my mouth and then is just gone. There is no body. Yeah, you're right. It's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, man. Uh, watching anything else recently? Um, I just finished season three of the Umbrella Academy. How was that? It's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't finish season two. Yeah, it's still just as bizarre mm-hmm. as it's always been, but it's still, I don't know, I enjoy the characters, I guess. Yeah, I enjoyed season one, and then that's another show, I don't know what it is, I have shows where I'm like, I will enjoy the first season, and then I start the second one, and I kind of go like, alright, that's what I do with the boys, I really like season one, and then I just kind of fell off. Yeah, that's Same with the kind, Umbrella of, Academy. kind of your MO. It is a little bit, I don't know what it is. I also finished that show, The Bear. It's a new Hulu original. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, What's-His-Nuts from... Uh, uh, the dude who played Lip from Shameless. That's I do not know Shameless. his actual name. No, I, was, I was just trying to think of what show he was from, and I yeah. forgot the name Shameless. But yeah. um, It was okay. It was okay. The characters, they like lightly touch on all of them. Even our lead barely okay. feels like he's a lead character. Yeah. Because we don't... We we get little snippets into his like background and his history. Yeah. But not enough to where I give a shit. Well, and to me, just what I've seen from from the trailers, it seems like because it's, it's in Chicago, it takes place yeah. in Chicago, but they all seem like they're New Yorkers, and I'm not. 
quite sure what to do with that. Yeah, except for the one, there's one character who was like, so essentially the story is the, this um, Lips, I'm just calling Lip because I don't know. Call Lip! Um, his brother dies and leaves him a restaurant, a really oh. shitty one in town. And he was like working at like a very high end one mm-hmm. in New York. I think it was New York. And oh, okay. there's a there's a bunch of workers there he's trying to co-mingle with, you know, and sort of right get things in sh- whipped into shape. Is the restaurant called The Bear? Eventually, yeah. Spoiler, at the very end, he... Oh. Because it was, it was like a local, like, meat, like, loose meat sandwich shop type of deal. It was a local meat store. <laughs> meat store. But there's a, a character who was, like, his brother's best friend. Okay. And he tries to lay on the Chicago accent so thick, it's super annoying. Oh, really? And in the show, everyone is just constantly yelling over one another. It gets really old. That's interesting coming from a fan of Always Sunny. I know, but I don't know why. They do it right. This show does not. Yeah. I think what they're trying to do is show like how intense kitchens can be. I feel like whoever wrote this is either very passionate about kitchens or has worked in kitchens. Right. I feel like they're they're trying to like... Put you in the world. Put you in that world. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite land for me. Hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, I saw ads for it and I was like... The only, th- literally, the only thing that I was like, oh, was that it took place in Chicago? Because I do like when things take place in Chicago, because <laughs> I know Chicago. But they but don't show enough to where you think they don't you would use think it'd Chicago. Be Chicago. Yeah, that's the thing. Most most shows too. I'm just like, and then they had a set in L.A. that yeah. they filmed it. And that's what it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> they'll do some street scenes in most Chicago of it every now and then. Takes place in the restaurant kitchen. Mm-hmm. Few scenes outside. None of it feels like you're in Chicago. My favorite was uh, the show Happy Endings. Did you ever watch that show? Um, with Alicia Cuthbert and uh, Adam Pally and Damon yes, Wayans Jr. I did, I did. Love that show. Yeah. Hilarious. Honestly, one of my favorite sitcoms of the last, I was going to say last decade, but was it longer than that? No. Yes. Yeah. It would have came out in like 2010. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So not by now. Yeah. Oof. Longer. I know. Mm. Mm. But anyway, that, no, that great, show was good. The cast is great. A very in that one. good show. That was a show though because it took place in Chicago, but they never shot in Chicago once because anytime they were on the streets, it was a very clear back lot. It was because it looked like almost like the same streetscapes that like uh, How I, I Met Your Mother yeah. were shot on. <laughs> like it was. A, I know exactly. What it you're was talking very about. clearly a studio back lot, and I'm like, yeah, the show never did well enough to get that travel budget. <laughs> they never got that. I did see that show. I did like that one. I love that show. Yeah, that's. I loved that show. That was that was one of my. That was a, a moment because I, I remember. I'm just gonna talk about this moment in time for a second because I remember it was that was the same year that uh, Modern Family premiered, and so that was a big hit. Honestly, that whole lineup they had was pretty choice because they had that, and then it was followed by uh, Cougar Town. I never saw that, but I know that one blew up. Cougar Town was actually really good. It the problem is the name sucks, and the starting premise was just what if Courtney Cox was a cougar. Halfway through the first season, they abandoned that whole plot, and it just becomes about this group of friends, and it's great. And it's it's from Bill Lawrence who did Scrubs, oh, so yeah, a lot of yeah, Scrubs yeah. people okay. are in it and stuff. Um, but it's fantastic. And then closing out, you'd have happy endings. And no one was watching that show, and I think Happy Endings is one of the most underrated comedies of of the last. Oh, I agree. That one's years. that one's kind of an indie like sitcom. It's so fucking funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Again, I just like the cast a lot. Absolutely. That that is one of those shows I can go back to because it's been streaming on stuff lately, so I can just put on some Happy Endings, and it's just such a goddamn clever show. Just funny, stupid, fun. 
And I love yeah, it. and it's nice because it's 20 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there. That's what I'll talk about because I haven't really been watching anything lately. <laughs> so, so there. Uh, if it, it, Go back and watch the ABC Wednesday night lineup from, from around tw- 2009, 2010. Good, good batch of good family sitcoms there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Good, oh, yeah. Good, good network television. The good old days. I also enjoyed Cougar Town. That is surprising, actually. I'm yeah. surprised you chimed in with enjoying. What did you enjoy about Cougar Town? Courtney Cox is a delight. People wouldn't guess it, but I'm I'm really a Monica. Huh. You know, actually, I was going to say that, so. You seem as a Monica. I seem as much more of a Ross. How fucking dare you? Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Just you're kind of a downer and you're, you know, you're into like ancient stuff and whatever. It's kind of, it's, it's very on par with Ross. But Ross is a dud. That is fair. That is fair. Okay. I, uh, I'm just, I don't know. I don't understand. Fuck. <laughs> Burner, man. It's great to have you here, I think. Okay. Um, anything else? Anything else we need to uh, to dig into there? Anything else you want to talk about? I don't any, before think we I have any more business. Well, I guess there's no other business. Um, talk about my movie. Uh, yes, we were going to do that next. Man, this guy. Sorry. Anytime I'm in the room with the podcast, I demand to run it. That is a shitty personality trait. But makes sense. I I, uh, I can see him doing that. I'm a good director. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, all right, then. Let's get on into that. Uh, uh, nope. I was seeing if there was a pun for Inferno and feature presentation, but there's not. Vernon, really. just go ahead and tell us to roll it. Gentlemen, roll it. Your feature presentation. The sun dimmeth, the land sinketh, gusheth forth steam and gutting fire. To the heavens soar the hurtling flames of the mighty gods, the engulfing doom. It's hard to take your eyes off the fire that burns deep under our feet. Into the Inferno, 2016. Written and directed and narrated by Werner Herzog. We made him leave the room, by the way. Yeah, he. We we needed a break. Well, we're gonna. Well, we're also gonna be talking about his movie. I don't want. I want to. You know, because we do a lot it's of just kind of speculating and conjectured. You know, if he's here to answer the questions, that's gonna take the whole mystique out of it. You know it, what I mean? It could get a little awkward because then it just then we just need to do an interview, and I was not prepared for that. And frankly, I don't think anyone's frankly, actually prepared for that. Good call. I th- I think you're right. And frankly, with him sitting here for that first segment, kind of a downer. He is kind of a. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you certainly feel it in his documentaries. The very somber <laughs> tone through most. I know Grizzly Man was very somber. That is just how he makes them, too. It is. That is just how he That's how he makes most of his movies. All of his movies have this kind of like just staring They're into just, the... You feel heavy after watching Yeah. Them. You just feel like you're staring into the abyss of the universe. Just anything he makes. You know what I mean? Well, and I'll your take on this but he does a lot of really long lingering shots for no reason yeah 
Yeah, I mean, with this one, I think the reasoning was to just like show the spectacle of lava. And so, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get okay. into that. Let's let's go ahead because I like I, I like this and I want to dig deeper into this. But let's, uh, um, yeah, this is Werner Herzog's documentary about volcanoes. It was based off a book written by the Clive Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer yes. is his name. Thank you. Um, and he's in the documentary as well because it said it was like a film by them. Like yeah. they they came up with the movie, but Werner did all the directing and stuff like that. Um, but he's he's a volcanologist. Clive Oppenheimer. Yeah, they mentioned in the film they met 10 years prior while they were filming another. Well, while, yeah, uh, Werner Herzog's film um, Encounters at the Edge of the World. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Honestly, though, too, after watching this one, I want to watch more of his documentaries because I know we're joking about them being hopeless and stuff, too, but like they are fascinating. They're very intriguing, yes. They make you think yeah, a lot. But then even when they veer away from the point, and it it is just like, I don't know, they, they seem kind of fluid. And where they decide to go, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, he still know he knows what he's doing. It just it yeah. feels weird because there's a good chunk of this movie where it stops being about volcanoes and just starts being about how weird North Korea is. There's a and large. It's chunk. not really. <laughs> it's not really about the point anymore. Well, and the two we've watched, he has this way of like almost talking shit about you, but not talking shit about you. Yeah, like just he like just has these little comments, and they're like you're like. It's kind of bitchy, but not too bad, I guess. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to exactly put my finger on it, but it's it was it, it's this weird thing he has where clearly, if you're making a documentary about something, it means it's a subject you're at least interested in, if not uh, fascinated by or a cause you're caught up in. But like that's what's going to lead you to make a documentary. But then he also, I don't know, he's also playing it as if like he doesn't care and you shouldn't yeah. care. Well, yeah, because <laughs> most documentaries they have a point to make. Yeah. Or at least they're trying to show you something in particular. Yeah. His are just like you said. It's almost just like, fuck it. The world is bad. That was me, not him. I just, I, I, with him sitting here, I did a pretty good impression just now. That was now. very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, it's, it's almost like the whole theme of all of his work and just what he talks about in him as a person is that, uh, the universe is chaos. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Like, that's, that's what it is you know just hey world be crazy am i right yeah it's me werner herzog shit in in isn't it goofy the uh the stuff about volcanoes was really good though and it got me very intrigued and it led me to do more research which i'll bring up at the end of the show we'll do some research here yeah um yeah because what what the interesting thing about this documentary is it starts just like about volcanoes but where it really it takes a hard pivot and even in the movie werner herzog's like but we're going to do this now. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of tells you where it's going. He's like, yes, we were looking for the science, but we also want to get into the mystical side of volcanoes. And so most of this movie is exploring cultures that see volcanoes as deities or that there's a god within the volcano. Or it's, yeah, or, that becomes a overarching theme. That becomes like the point of the movie, um, which in itself is very fascinating. Some of those I wish they had gotten deeper into each specific like belief system because some of them are kind of like oh yeah the one at the end that they barely the touch one on. at the end they tell you nothing but there's this group uh, in john crumb uh from from john from john from so john from so, uh, i can't remember exactly what i didn't do any research Ooh. on him did i did, they, I did a little they, bit of research on him was did he lead a cult is that kind of what happened um so he may not be a real guy at all. Probably not. <laughs> so, uh, uh, 
I, I was trying to remember what island it is. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's the it's this island chain. Yeah, it's right by New Zealand and yeah, near New, New Zealand yeah, yeah, and yeah. Australia, and they they worship this guy named John Frum, who was an American World War II soldier. Who I I think the story is that he was stranded there. I can do a little more reading before we get into the uh, uh, bonus feature segment. But he was an American serviceman who supposedly landed there and then said he would he would come back someday with the riches of America, which like they say at one point is like chewing gum and video cassettes and like just truly just like. Like yeah, not just, just objects you get in a in a store. Something he really could bring, honestly. Oh yeah, someone could show up as John from and just be God. Right you now. would blow their minds. Yeah. What's up, y'all? I brought you gum. It's me, John. Hey, gum rhymes is from. Well, they mentioned too that so the reason it's connected to the volcano is that's his portal from America to that to that island. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it was. Yeah. Well, cuz I know and then like they said that they he lives in a room and it it, it might be in the volcano, it might not be. But yeah, that was the chief cuz they were asking him of course Werner had to get into what happens when you die <laughs> with John Frum. <laughs> yeah. One well, and it sounded like they just had a heaven but like John Frum will be there too. Like John's not really a god, he's just a I I don't know. It's 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 confusing. But that was an interesting one that they barely got into. They just kept talking about this John from no, and they just this kinda, American they just, soldier. They that just they, they hit you in the face with it, yeah, and then they just kind of do a few bullet points, and then we're done with John from. But that's also what makes the documentary interesting because it just gives you a taste of all these these mythos associated with yeah. volcanoes. Well, then they get into the North Korean one. How like basically the ills just sort of stole that mythology and yeah. tied it in with themselves because well, yeah, i the initial mythology is that that's where like the korean people come from is Correct. this one specific volcano it's like where they came out of but then that that volcano has been a big part of what's what was the it was kim kim jong sun or who is who is the the or kim, kim jong oh, no kim soon il oh, kim okay. jong il's father that's right yeah because so, yeah. he was the first one the first lifelong leader of north korea so he's the one who first co-opted it, and then it's ever since then the the family line is like using. Yeah, they just hijacked that their, mythos yeah. and turned it into part of their story. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, that was interesting. I was surprised how much filming they were allowed to do in North Korea. Yes, but I I wasn't surprised when everything North Korean was was very performed and was very dictated. Yes. And did you know? Okay. Did you? Are we fine just jumping into this? I, I guess now we can dive in. I guess we've we've given an overview. Uh, one blunt thing I'll say is watch this. This is actually a really interesting documentary. Very interesting. It's, <laughs> it's not what it's you good. expect. No, it, it 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 shows. I know we're getting into like the the um, the cultural like myth mythology side, which the, that's like I'd say the second half of the documentary is really devoted to that. Um, the first bit though, they really do just get into not like the hard science of volcanoes, but how they affect areas, how they form, um, and then they show some show some some truly horrifying footage of lava. Just oh, when like it's the torrents terrifying. Of, I had no idea lava could flow like a river, like a raging river. I remember you saying that when we did the Dante Speak episode. You're like, lava doesn't go that fast, and I I, I, I had seen some of that footage before. I'm like, no, nah, it can. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> but, can. But I literally watching. I, I, this is one of the few times I had like an existential like dread moment watching a documentary, just looking at lava, 
and how fast and horrible it is. Whoa. And I was like, oh my God, we, we're we nothing. We're nothing, Werner. <laughs> and the, honestly, that flowing river of lava is not even the scary part. Yeah. It's the cloud. The, the pyroclastic flow? Yes, and I have research on that. I did a little bit too. Nice. We'll compare notes. That's the big. That's the big explosion in Dante's Peak. Is yes. the pyroclastic flow? Holy shit! Yeah. It. I don't know. This is one of those things where it's I funny wa- too because it's so Werner because they make it so real. Like it, he like punches you in the face with how scary volcanoes. He really just shows are. you the footage and he's like, "These are, these are big scary things that just exist. They just explode in the world. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah." <laughs> Well, they could just, they truly could end us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun to think about, especially since our climate's doing so great. Oh, yeah. Earth is fine, baby. Dude, that's probably how Earth's going to reset. It's going to be like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm popping the cork on these things. Isn't it fun right now? I'm I'm, I'm not like a big conspiracy theorist or like a big prepper, but I am kind of operating with like three different apocalypses in mind right now. <laughs> There's a lot of options right now. I'm really making a lot of life decisions based on like, okay, our economy's not great. There's a chance Yellowstone could explode and kill half the nation. Uh, there's talk of in a hundred years of a tsunami like hitting New York. <laughs> also, buckle uh, up, world. We have a new pandemic now because then we got monkeypox. Uh, hopefully, that's died down by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, that was following the last pandemic. Not to mention, you know, pending World War Three and or just American or race civil war. war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good time. This is a real Werner episode. This is a real Werner country. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are we are the chaos. He is just sitting back, laughing his ass off. What a horrifying sound that would be! Oh, God. him like cackling. What does it sound? What like? What would it sound like if he really, what does it really sound like if, if he, he really, really just got a. It's just if he like laughs till he cries, yeah. what does that sound like? I don't know if it's ever happened. What if it's what if it's just like a like a like a siren? It's <laughs> it's just this or ungodly, if it's like really high pitch. This ungodly noise. <laughs> Anytime Werner Herzog laughs, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> that's how I expect that he actually laughs. Ha ha ha. And you're like, okay, don't make fun of me, dude. I found that to be humorous, and it elicited a vocal response from me. (laughs) Yeah, that is laughing, dude. (laughs) That is laughing. What else do we want to say? (laughs) I thought you were about to say something. Um, Let's start at the beginning. The... There's, From there's, nothingness, there was an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> there's two islands that they visit, or two different tribes anyway. I don't know. If, is that the same island? Do you know? Which part? Because they go they go to a few different places. Well, in the very beginning, we're on that same that same area. By, oh, yeah. They, they come. They, he says, like, they come back. So yeah. They, yeah, they visit. But there's two different chiefs that we talk to. Yes. So, yeah. So, there's the island with the, the, the tribal people off the coast of Australia and New Zealand. It's just kind of its own. I, I can't remember what the islands are called there. There's a chain of islands that has yeah. a name. Um, but they go there. They also go to North Korea. They, they visit Iceland. Um, they go to Ethiopia for a bit. They go to Ethiopia. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, because that one gets really that's into the like first, that's the first hard turn in this documentary. Yeah, because it stops being about volcanoes at all and becomes just about like the history of man a little bit, and also very intriguing. Somehow you're just like crazy intriguing. No, like this this documentary is weirdly unfocused, but every topic it goes to is is super fascinating and really like it's it's a good documentary. Yeah, it is. It's just <laughs> the, a really good one. The guy knows how to make documentaries. Um, but yeah, then they go back to those islands. Those might be two different tribes. I guess I'm not sure. There was. There's two different chiefs. Right. Yeah. 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 And I just remember, like, because the very first one, he, he <laughs> I just remember him being very proud that his people were cannibals at one point. Yeah, he says that very matter of fact. Like, yeah, we used to be cannibals. And then he's like, here, have these small children kind of show you how we attack people in the jungle. Yeah, because they, they did it that way. Like, they kind of still celebrate that part of their culture and like, they do their like their dance and stuff like that. And that's all very much associated with the cannibal days of their tribe. Once upon a time, our people were cannibal. They, they, they see somebody and they would like to attack him and kill him so that they should use it for a meat. And this is how they demonstrate it. And I don't know. I found that kind of cool of just being like, listen, we used to eat guys. Yeah, it was fine. It was, it was interesting. We Again. don't do it anymore, but we wrote some cool songs and we have some cool dances and just that's fine. And I'm like, that is kind of, uh, you well, know, that is kind of society. <laughs> that is kind of patriotism being like, listen, we used to do a lot of shit. Hey. It's fine. We're not Listen, doing it anymore. We used to have slaves, but now we have fireworks. America. <laughs> <laughs> that same chief, he found the Werner Herzog of this island, because at the very end, that chief gets very, very dark. Oh, yeah. Just like this volcano is going to destroy Earth. Yeah. I, I believe this will we'll kill, kill us everyone. All. Yeah. The end. <laughs> well and that too was because there's a couple of those like that tribe and there's the other tribe and they're all just these very very insulated communities with their own insulated beliefs like these aren't a wide widely beliefs you know a widely practiced belief system they're very insulated to these tribes and i just right away was like how interested in how every every belief system no matter what it is there's always an apocalypse in it and it's always yeah. like the thing they worship will also kill us all, which I get, but I also don't get. <laughs> I don't understand. It's weird as a people how we are. So, um, Werner, in the end, we all just. Ex- oh, we are Werner. We are Werner. Everyone. Interesting. He's Interesting. just more. He's more outward with it. Yeah. You know. You can't say we're without Werner. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's literally spelled that way. It's in there. It's right in there. Yeah, I it, it's um I don't know cuz I think they'll see I just watched a thing uh a couple a documentary is about like a it's a Mormon thing. That's hot right now. Why are Mormon things hot right know. now? You know so there's a lot. Yes, I of talked stuff about, coming out. I talked about this recently on a, on a Patreon thing. Yeah, I I I don't I did they do something new? Are we mad at them? I, I don't know. Cuz there's the the Netflix show the the Keep Sweet Pray and Obey, which is a f- Boy, is a is a journey. Um, There's the Hulu one with Garfield, right? Andrew Garfield, yeah, with Garfield the cat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eating lasagna. Yeah, talking to plates. It's called Mondays and Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, under the banner of heaven. And then I remember last year there was a documentary called Murder Among the Mormons, um, which that one's pretty straightforward. Some Mormons got murdered. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I noticed that too. I was wondering, like, what led to this new? 
Mormonism thing. Anyway, anyway, that's not the point of this. I don't know. I'm going to create a meme, though, with Will Ferrell from Zoolander. It's just it's going to say Mormons are hot. <laughs> so I will be doing that. Mormons are hot right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know why that's a new trend. But like, even with that, like all of their, you know, their whole religion is right away just being like, oh, the end of days is coming. I think it's that... And Christianity has that large, too, but... I think it's that part of the keeping... Because all religion's essentially a big morality tale, right? Sure, yeah. Sure. So you got to have that that fear in there, right? The big ending. and it, Right. You better be good. We don't know when it's going to happen, so you better be good, because if it happens, you got to go to the good place. Yeah. I, I just find it interesting, though, that like every every belief system has like a, oh, there's this, there's this God... And he looks down upon you, and he loves you, and blah, 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 blah. Also, someday a fire crab will destroy reality. And you're like, well, now, hey, well, what does that have to do <laughs> with the first guy? I'm not really sure what's going on there. Why is he letting this happen to me? Yeah. Why is, and, and, and yeah, I don't know. I just find that interesting that even in these very, very insulated things about this volcano being like, oh, this vo- this volcano well, will destroy the whole that world. Well, it, it's that it's like an instinctual thing to put into your stories. Well, because even that chief, he immediately goes, uh, he goes, I've heard there's other volcanoes around the world. So I have a feeling they're probably just going to all blow up and kill us all. And it's like, well, I mean, he's probably not wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, especially when they get into some of the history of like the the biggest eruptions of history, but like oh that shit, like kind of ancient history. Mind. Some of them are wild, like the one in like the 1700s that like would have blown up half of fucking I can't remember what area they were. In. I can't remember if that was Iceland or if that was when they were in Ethiopia. But he mentioned like one that was like specifically from like 1783 that would have like blown up a whole country and covered the entire continent with like feet upon feet of well, ash because yeah, one of them they're in it's like it's like a big like circle of islands and that's the blast yeah yeah exactly um when he talked about too how uh the one well when they're in ethiopia they're talking about how they, they think early on there was this massive eruption that probably killed most of human life on earth yeah they, they thought maybe down to like 600 people like literally we would have been that scarce as people but we were spread out enough to like restart the species by that point but it was like way back in the day but they're like no this one area probably blew up and would have darkened the sky and covered most of the earth in ash and probably altered the climate so drastically it would have killed most of the early humans who lived at that time and i i, I think that he even said that one was kind of a controversial one they don't have he a lot of proof that. for it. yeah still though just conceptually <laughs> pretty death metal <laughs> like, yeah every everything talked about in this documentary is is like a description of a nazareth album cover <laughs> like, <laughs> Everything sounds pretty badass. I did like to that because they do get into some of the volcanology as far as the instruments they use. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was very interesting. That too. was interesting too. The ways they measure because I really like the one too where they have just have a mirror up at the peak and it, it bounces off a instrument in the building and if it's you yeah. know if it raises up they're like yeah well the magma magma's pushing up. They have this one thing pointing. I think it's just a really thin laser. A thin laser, idiot. Uh, really. <laughs> A really, a really skinny laser. Instead of a, instead of those really big lasers, you see this one's like a small one. It's like a laser pointer. 
fucking what a dumb way to word that but like like i think it's like an invisible kind of laser it's reflect but then it's reflecting off of a mirror yeah yep. on the mountain and if that changes shape it means the mountain's growing which means it's probably lava's probably flowing again yep and then they had the one too that the oppenheimer helped he has a patent on where it measures the gases coming off oh yeah but it does it with like a like a, a weird camera right where it yeah. can somehow see the gases it's that like are being pointed, emitted yeah, and, and that's another the, early the warning sign yeah. Yeah, that stuff's really fascinating. And then they have, I like too that they put uh, basically like seismographs up points of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you were listening here. I was listening, no, I but wasn't it great to try to crack that into the mic, but act like it was just a part of yeah. my sentence? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, no, uh, right, I hear yeah, you. Totally. <laughs> Totally. That'd be like cracking it in someone's face <laughs> while they're talking. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Respect, dog. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now. Fuck it. Just mid-story. Just <laughs> open it right in their face. Just like right, way just too close. Super casual about it. Just go back to listening. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and just do it like that all night to different people. Everyone's like, what's that guy's fucking deal? Why is he doing that? Is he a jerk? I can't. T- He's really interested in my story, though. But he, yeah, he asked it. questions right after. He's F- clearly listening. He's, he is paying attention, but he cracked that beer right in my face. <laughs> my face is wet right now. It's, it's got some on me, and I don't understand. But he also asked some very insightful things. Yeah, I, I really want to keep talking to him. He's a great active listener, but that seems very rude. <laughs> um, oh. Looking at my notes and stuff, because I mostly just have great Werner Herzog quotes written down, but uh, just the sentence, you know, the I don't even have the full sentence written down, but just the these primordial occurrences is already just a great, that's just a great Werner Herzog selection of words. Oh, I like the one too, when he's in um, North Korea, and he's the propaganda creates a quasi-religious experience. Yeah. He's a great way. It, like, he is good with words. Yeah. Like, he is very good at describing things. I wouldn't say that if he was sitting here, because he's just kind of a lot. But, um, yeah. And, I, and I, yeah, the movie does just, the the final wrap-up is just not only the that one guy saying volcanoes will kill us, but then Werner Herzog just being like, magma and everything it could not care less about what we are doing up here and that's how all of his movies end all of his movies <laughs> it is too because the same thing with grizzly man. man it was grizzly man's about a guy and his life story and then the end of the movie is just being like but he was dumb to hang out with bears because bears hate us and they should and life is pointless thanks for watching my movie <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it's so funny because he in that drive home safe or don't <laughs> I do not care. I do not care, and you shouldn't either. Yeah, that documentary, Grizzly Man. There's no real point. He's not on anyone's side. No, but that's why I think I, I think it's a good movie though. Yeah, because he's not he's not showing this guy as a hero. He's also not just showing him as an idiot. He's kind of he's right the he's line. Just, he's he's trying like, to understand him. He's being like, yeah, he's really trying to understand this guy. Like yeah. this guy really felt he needed to be out there with these bears, and it part of that is kind of beautiful that he had this relationship with these bears but of course he was gonna get eaten by a bear yeah no and his favorite <laughs> it's thing- just a matter of time before a bear challenges you right <laughs> and like what are you gonna do you gonna fight the bear no no you gonna die and this movie has a little bit of that too of just being like well and he likes to try he loves to try to get human like responses like in north korea especially he asked that question and then he has to yeah. he has to insert the voiceover of him being like 
My question was meant to elicit a personal response. However, personal opinions seem to us a mirror image of the omnipotent ideology of the people and their leadership. Because, yeah, he just tries to ask, like, oh, I can't, what does he ask him? He asks him, like, oh, what what do you think will Yeah, he happen? asked him how he felt about the, the history of this place and how it made him feel. Something along those lines. It was something like that. And then he's like, and then the guy, and you see the and guy the, shift into, like, oh, I have to say the right propaganda right now. And it's uh, all North Korean people will be well, welcome. Well, and that's the thing, place. too. That, we all make pilgrimages for our beautiful country yeah, and our dear leader. It's, like, oh, it's so just no regurgitated I, it's one of those it's such a it's such a pointless thing to say but i just i did write down i just kept thinking that i'm like man north korea is weird <laughs> it is weird they yeah got, I want, okay what i want to talk about man earlier, they got a stronghold on their people oh yeah yeah did you notice the children in like the daycares had outfits to the areas they were playing in well, they were all doing like little shows and stuff too, though. Yeah, I think that was. I don't know what that was. I don't either. What they were in, because you had like little kids who were playing with like fake weights, but they had like weightlifter costumes on. They did. It, it almost seemed like it was some sort of like. It was staged. I mean, it was staged. Well, it was staged, but, but I I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this some sort of? Because then they were putting on little shows too. It almost felt like is this some sort of area you walk through to watch children, like a living history farm of of children pretending they're old timey bodybuilders? I or, do not know. Well, there was the one little girl who was like the piano player, and then like the one lady kept like hitting her on the back to like give the perfect like North uh, Korean response yep. or whatever. It, yeah, I, I know that this is an an unbold thing to say, but y'all. North Korea weird. The one thing I'll give them is the the shows they put on where they hold up the different. Um, Yo, right? You got to have control over people to make a good little card, like a, a stadium of people holding up different cards. They made some elaborate. Drawings. I know because he even says, and I didn't realize he's like the background is not. It is not a painting, but it is people, people yeah. holding up cards. And, and like, I was like, holy shit, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. If you. If you, if well, you even all their movements too like the people there's the people holding the signs yeah and on the floor you have people the dancing, choreography and yeah they're sick. all in sync you get listen man can you imagine if you fuck up you're, you're listen you're dead yeah you better hope no one saw it yeah no well, and then they had in the uh like subway station their newspapers there's one there's it's one newspaper, on display it's on, that's yeah. what you get to read yeah it's it's in these big panes of glass and you can you can read them it's the it's the party newsletter that's the only yeah. news that's allowed. Um, it's so weird that this documentary took a turn there, but it was super interesting. It was interesting. The part two, though, and maybe, I don't know, the part where it has the, the lady speaking Korean. Did you have subtitles on yours? Because I did not. For which lady? It just shows, like, it shows them at, like, a rally, it looks like, for one of the ills. Mm-hmm. And you just hear a voiceover, a woman in Korean speaking uh-huh. for a long time. Yeah. There's no subtitles. I have no idea what she was saying. I watched it with subtitles. I don't remember if it said I, if it was. I had subtitles was, on too, and nothing. It didn't say oh. what she was saying, so it was just us listening to <laughs> Korean. Well, you know, it's a beautiful language. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> I was just curious what she was saying. No, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember that specific point. If I'm sure it was just something about how great North Korea is, and they're oh, I know it was a bunch of that's that's all it propaganda, is propaganda. But um, it was just a weird choice to not yeah. Well, yeah. it also at that moment, he also does this in his movies where, kind of like we were just talking about with Grizzly Man, where he does the, because even though he's talking about North Korea and how weird and propaganda laden it is, because there's no ads for any, there's no commercials, anything. You never see ads for anything on billboards. It's only party stuff and pictures of either 
Kim Jong Il or Kim Jong Un or I, th- I want to say it's Kim Kim Sung Il. I want to say it's the dad, uh, Kim Jong Il's dad. Yeah, I think I don't remember. Um, but uh, it's it's like just them, and then he's like, "To it, he's like, yeah, no one, no one's on their phones because they don't have them. Yeah, you can't. So people are just out and about being people. No one's, no one's looking at their phones. Which in the you can tell he actually enjoyed that. Well, that was the thing. He said that as being like, oh, these people aren't aren't glued to their devices, but also they are told what to believe and are lied to every day. <laughs> oh no, he called he called North <laughs> like, Korea out throughout. Yeah, so it's, it's it, that's a weird little detour this takes for a, 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 we're talking about because it's a good chunk of the movie. Oh, that I just, bet it's a solid twenty to twenty five minutes that at least, spend in probably. Korea. And this yeah. movie's not that long. Not uh, even two hour hours. Forty five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other places they go. Um, uh, Greenland was fascinating. I did not know that they just constantly have volcanoes erupting. Iceland, not Iceland, you're right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, they they have they have uh, yeah uh, eruptions like every year from some sort of volcano. But the big one they do talk about the one in 2010 that I remember happening where it like fucked up air travel for the whole yeah. world. Well, and there was the one in the 70s that just buried towns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one that was a big one too. Well, and then they have footage of like volcanoes when they went off. When they went off, but like when when they when they fucking came up, <laughs> when they fucking popped off, when they popped off, dog, when the volcano finally popped off, um, and like deadly ones, but they have footage of. Well, they talked about that um, that French couple who yes. you said he's got a new movie coming out about them. They do, yeah. We're gonna have to watch. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it just drops. So right? what it is is it's their footage, yeah, and it's just him just kind of like, whoa, I'm look at just, the lava, yeah. That looks hot. I imagine it's him just trying to understand these people, and because it talks about these French couple, they were they caught some of the earliest, like most striking images of volcanoes. I want to say in like the sixties, seventies, something like it that. It looks like that, yeah. Um, and then, but they were killed in a blast because they were they were too close to it, yeah, and they it were was killed. them and forty other people, and they were killed by the pyroclastic flow of a volcano that yep. erupted. And they have the footage of the blast that did kill them, not from their footage, but like of that volcano erupting. Um, but it's their footage in particular that we were referencing that blows your fucking mind. She's just the the I forget their names, but she's just standing there and you see this just just horrifying river of lava just flowing. It's going so fast. Insane speeds. And that's that's the stuff watching it where I just was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> I'm like just the just the speed of lava. It's it's unreal. I, I had no idea it could flow like that because it looks just like it looks like a raging river and, and but like, it's fire. I, and I knew it could, but seeing that fresh footage was uh, you seeing know, is ooh, something. Yeah, who? Uh, and then uh, and like they do a lot of like there's some volcanoes where you can just look into them and you just see lava roiling. You know, like there's some that just have that going well, at all they, times, and they just explode sometimes. Yeah, they just pop. You'll, well, that was one of my favorite parts too. Is that uh, Volcanoes just explaining like, don't yeah. turn away from a volcano. He's like, yeah, if you're looking at the volcano, you're looking down and you see these bursts of lava. People try to turn away and cover their heads, hide something. Don't do that. Look up in the air, see where it's fallen, and get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's the only really way to protect yourself in this situation. Is lava might get thrown in the air. And you, you want to see where it's coming Get down, out of dude. the way, yeah. So watch and move. <laughs> Some of the explosions, though, too. The sounds. Yeah. Oh, my. Just ex- just explosions. Yeah. Like real fucking like bombs being dropped. 
It's uh, like but, hearing it, it just it gave me chills because I can just imagine yeah. being there and hearing that. Yeah. I can't remember what area they're in in the movie, but I just have this name written down. I, want, I think it was when they were in Iceland, but I can't remember. But there's one area. Oh, no, not, not Iceland. I can't remember what section, but it's where uh, several like volcanoes happen. So it's very like uh, the landscape looks very volcanic. It's been very just purely shaped by volcanoes. And um, it's like these mountains and there's like a mist around and stuff like that. And they said they it's sometimes referred to as the night market of the ghosts. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool. That's a very cool name for an area. That that's that's fucking rad. <laughs> I want that to be like a a park that you can go to, amusement park. Yeah, or like a hardcore band. Yeah, there you go. We're night market of the ghosts. <laughs> Maybe not that. Okay, well I liked it. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, but let, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the. There's this little detour when they're in Ethiopia, where they're hanging out with this. Um, I, I guess he'd be an anthropologist or a paleontologist or something. But they were like finding human bones, and they spend just a good chunk of time just hanging out with them. It's like it truly is a detour into a different part of history and, and natural yeah, science. Yeah, they kind of break down just how difficult it is to put together a full human. Skeleton, skeleton yeah from, from way from, back then. especially from that area because uh well they were like didn't they mention that that particular area was uh really heavy with obsidian glass because they made they would make tools there yes yeah so they're okay. like they, they find a lot of artifacts because this was clearly a place where they were like making tools made out of like lava rock obsidian glass stuff like that they're like but keep in mind that's one guy making all those so even if you find all these artifacts those made by one guy how do you find all of him yeah and they're just brushing and they're just like it's in the top of the desert and they're just brushing dirt and they're finding these bones and they're like yeah this would be a someone from like 170,000 years ago or whatever you know i know could you imagine holding a chunk of that yeah and they, were, and they were just finding it in the dirt just like here's some bones there was a second yeah, they were just like, sweeping and for a minute i was like is this staged but they were finding a lot of them and i'm like well you'd lose those if you scattered those all around and the guy was really revved up about it oh yeah he was he was a little eccentric well, well, even, well even Werner says just like we were drawn to the way he describes things and it's like i'm like yeah he's just doing it with excitement <laughs> you just don't do that Werner. that's all it is <laughs> i i do remember a line early in the movie when he talks about Oppenheimer and he's just like, we became fast friends. And I was just like, what kind of person do you need to be? I know. I was thinking, like, would I become fast friends with Werner Herzog? Yeah. I mean, I know from this interaction, clearly not. Yeah. From well, what we had to hear. Right but now, it, no. I, I, I feel like he kind of came in. He came in hot. He came in hot. Yeah. He came in hot. Um, But I had that same thought of just like, what is it that? Uh, and then when Clive Oppenheimer was talking, I'm like, oh, because he's kind of weird, too. There's just Oh, a, yeah. No, they're. Yeah. Unique individuals. Yeah. Let's get into now something you brought up at the beginning, though, about um, about the way the documentary is actually shot. The way Werner Herzog films. Because he does just like to hold on people while he they're does. just He does. He lingers often. He does not mind making people kind of uncomfortable with the camera no. at all. And that's what I kind of like about his documentaries is that it feels like, especially when it's footage he's shot, is it does just feel like he's just wandering around with a camera. And this looks neat. I'm gonna film this for a second. Don't worry about it. I'm just I'm looking at you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he wa- he wants he loves reactions. He wants to get something yes. out of you. Well, not, if he's filming someone while he's just standing there, like it's very shaky camera, and then he just kind of like gets up in their face, and then it just kind of it 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 feels uncomfortable, 
but that's very interesting because the documentary is not trying to present itself other than that. It's just like, no, I'm this is I pointed a camera at people and made them talk to me. Sometimes it's weird. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Some, it. That's sometimes that's a weird thing to do. No. It, <laughs> yeah, there's not a specific agenda to what he's doing. No. No, he just he's just making a film that he just, wants to make. He's just documenting. You know, and even he, they show footage of an old documentary he did back in the 70s where a volcano was about to erupt and everyone was evacuated out of this town except for one guy. Yeah. And he's like, I found him napping. He's like, I had to wake him up actually to talk to him about it. And he's like, and then the guy started singing a song and being weird. And I, I realized it was time I to leave. And that, that was it. And I, I sensed that after a while he didn't feel so comfortable with us anymore. And he sat up and started to tie his uh, worn-out tennis shoe. And then all of a sudden he sings a song against the camera, and I knew that was that song over, and we better get out. And I'm like, yeah, so just I show up, I record people until I think they're maybe going to get aggressive, and then I leave, and I've done it. I've done my job. There it is. But there is a lot of also just like showing just lava Oh yeah, royal and and pop and yeah, man, lava's weird. Just look at it's just a weird, especially when they're like looking down into the volcanoes. They just have it churning at all times. Yeah, just, but it like uh, kind of puts you in a trance, you know. You're it just does. Like, oh, absolutely. It's it's hypnotic. It's hypnotic and terrifying. Yes, because it doesn't look like when it has the uh, like the darker skin on the top. I'll yeah. call it. It yeah. doesn't look that threatening. No, but then even when it pokes through and you get to see like the you get to see that that good red underneath. Yeah. Sometimes it looks fake. It looks like the fucking slime from Ghostbusters right. 2. And I'm like that makes it weirder <laughs> that sometimes it don't look like lava. <laughs> I don't know. Uh interesting documentary though. Yeah. I recommend it. Worth yeah, worth checking out for sure. Yeah. I it's, I don't know. It it's going to it's going to challenge you and make you think about things for sure. One, and it's it's fun that it, it I mean it's not fun because Bernard Herzog but but, yeah. <laughs> but you know but it, the connection I'm gl- I'm glad it wasn't just about the science like when it took that turn and started really being about these weird like really isolated communities that their whole like life and identity as a culture is built around a volcano it, it is fascinating and how else are you going to learn about these people than in something like this you know what I mean and that motherfucker traveled the globe for this thing. They were all over the all place. All over the place. All over. Yeah. Um, is that all we have to say about Into the Inferno? I think. I think, so. I, I think yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't have I don't have much of my notes. We have some research stuff we're gonna get into yeah. in the next segment. Plus, uh I watched Sharkano. Yeah, I wanna I listen, I wanna hear about it. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Uh so we got more we're gonna do, but I think uh, I think that's everything we have to say about this particular film. And we both recommend you watch it and, I don't know, think about uh, your place in the world and how insignificant you are and how killable you are. And just know the lava doesn't care what you're doing right now. Yeah. And I, I also be very clear. I do think about that when I watch any movie. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I think about how insignificant I am and how easily killable I am. Doesn't matter the movie. You know, whether it's an action movie or it's um, a rom-com. Oh, yeah. No, I watched Kate and Leopold recently, and I just kept thinking, like, man, I'm easy to kill. <laughs> Squishy little body. Just nothing. I have no armor. I have no natural protection like an animal. 
not even like my you know my dog doesn't even either but she's at least on all fours so her belly is protected yeah ours is just exposed we're, we're these idiots our softest part is has how we greet people are you kidding me i yeah i often rub bellies with people and that's what i think about when i watch any movie but particularly in this one i think about but what if what if the person i'm approaching has a bucket of lava <laughs> Then I'm 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 toast. Or what if they can spray it out of their nipples? Well, if someone was spraying lava out of their nipples, I would hope they'd be using that power to fight crime. That's for true. the betterment of humanity. Because clearly, you were given a gift. You're given great power, and with great nipple power comes great nipple responsibility. Very true. Thank you. Yeah. Nailed it. I think we nailed it. I think the segment is nailed. I think we nailed it. I don't think we have to edit it because it's so perfect. I would just put it out as is. I'm just going to release it right now. I'm just. I'm going to stop recording and 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 hit send. Send to all. It's we don't do it as a regular feed. We email to people. Yeah, we just email to people now. (laughs) It is hard to take your eyes off the fire that burns deep under our feet, everywhere under the crust of the continents in seabeds. It is a fire that wants to burst forth, and it could not care less about what we are doing up here. Okay. All right. We're back for another segment, which is 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 both a bonus features and also kind of another movie. This is a shorter movie. I looked; it was only forty-five minutes. What I watched? Yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was one of those. Just clearly, like this is an hour-long thing on National Geographic. I can't remember what year it was made, but it was. It was. It was a little bit ago. But it's called Sharkano, um, which again, just really sounds like there's going to be sharks coming out of a volcano. There's a lot of disappointed people out there who clicked on this and they're like, "Where is?" My CGI. Shirt. I have been bummed that I've been I've been I've been scraping the bottom of the barrel of the old Tubi, and there is no like volcano or even lava based shark movie really. But how? I don't know. They've, They've been, done everything else. There's a bunch of snow ones. There's snow sharks and avalanche sharks and mountain sharks and whatever the fuck. There's there's other ones. We we've had a toxic shark. The toxic shark. There's so we many. Can't get a fucking volcano shark. There's so many different land sharks and so many different giant sharks and multiple headed sharks. None of these motherfuckers are spouting fucking lava out of their gosh darn mouth. Impossible. I refuse to live in a world where there is not a volcano shark. Makes me angry. But this one is uh, specifically about uh, volcanic islands that are created from an underwater volcano erupting and then the lava cools and creates a whole new island. And why uh, sharks seem to be drawn to these areas, but not just that they seem drawn to them, but also how are they drawn to them? Um, I will admit, I'd say this is about half interesting, this documentary, (laughs) because when it really starts, I I get to a point I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) A little, little bit of meandering. Well, because it starts with them being like, oh, there's we find sharks around these like, you know, these vol- volcanic islands. And then they're like, anyway, um, we're going to test how bull sharks hunt in clear and murky water. And I'm like, cool. What does this tell us? And like that, and yeah, this was definitely for Shark Week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. well, it's been Nat Geo's have been a Shark Fest, yeah, probably definitely for Shark uh, Fest. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was it it just in a bit. They just, 
the first 15 minutes of this i don't think they knew what they wanted to do it picks up after that where they start really investigating the question like the connection between sharks and volcanoes and it does get a bit more interesting the answer i guessed going into it because i want i want you to guess right now so what do you think uh why sharks might be attracted to like volcanic islands my assumption is that the climate is warmer there therefore the surrounding life thrives therefore it brings in the sharks yep (laughs) (laughs) well that and like uh you know volcanic soil is very mineral rich too which that is part of what Uh, what then brings up you know uh more more prey animals more vegetation which leads to more fish coming which leads to more sharks so it's like it just creates a better ecosystem yeah uh, the one thing I like that they narrowed their thesis a touch to where it's not just volcanoes, but like these volcanic islands, um, and how they get into actually how sharks navigate a little bit. Cause they get into, we've talked about it on the show and I don't think we remembered the name at all, but the ampullae of Lorenzini, which that's the, the electromagnetic it's like a vein that goes throughout well, or it's, it's just their sensors in like the tip of their head that has the, oh yeah, yeah yeah that like can feel the electromagnetic fields and particularly like uh like hammerhead sharks the whole front of that is all that detector is all that stuff um that's why they are like they're like they're super not super but like they're they're really sensitive to like the electromagnetic stuff because they got the they got a big old a big old fucking Jordy LaForge yeah. visor of <laughs> of ampullae of Lorenzini. <laughs> um, but when they really dig into that, then it's interesting because then the thing that was most fascinating was much more how uh they're probably drawn to these islands too, because since it's pure volcanic rock, you know, it's lava that created it, and there's usually still an active volcano there, it means these areas are really rich in iron, which means it's probably triggering their electromagnetic like sensors okay. in their head so they can actually use them also as um like directional so they can sense where this island is and where that is means there's more prey there means there's yeah so they're it's it's like a beacon they're drawn yeah to. yeah because they did a little experiment in the documentary where they actually were testing magnets on sharks and what they did is they went down and it was with a bunch of gray nurse sharks and hammerhead sharks in this area they went to and they had a bunch of red squares and half of them were really strong magnets and half of them were were just like regular tin or something like that something that wasn't really magnetic um or uh, aluminum i think um and then they go down there and they just put them down and just were feeding the sharks and have them swim around just see how they reacted and they would always swim over the the just regular metal ones and then all of them would at least pay a little bit of attention to the magnetic ones. Like they would turn and just kind of be like, the fuck was that? Or they'd go over it and you see them kind of like shake their head and look around like something triggered something. And then there was a couple that tried to eat a magnet. (laughs) (laughs) There was a gray nurse shark. It's just like, I love this one and I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Um, And so they were doing that experiment being like, well, yeah, so clearly like just magnetic fields attract trigger something it does something to them which we kind of knew and like we talked about that last year when we did the shark fest yeah because they were developing kind of a deterrent using that type of yeah those those big uh those big rods that could like keep them away so it's weird like the magnets seem to both attract them and uh expel them i think it just gives them like i don't know it uh like over just makes their 
spider sense tingle? Yeah, kind of. I think yeah, just uh, just kind of overworks their their tinglies. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't happy with any of that word. Sorry, right, they got two tinglies to to overload. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> a lot of sharks have double tinglies. <laughs> Hey, that's a great show, joke if you know about shark anatomy, huh? <laughs> Come on now. Oh, old double dick Daniel. <laughs> um, uh, but then also these volcanic islands, yes, because they would have a lot of food around them because of that. But also a lot of them are in, uh, you know, like for lack of a better term, but like deserts, even though it's the water, but like food deserts where there's nothing in between. Right. So, so they got to... These places, these islands would be like kind of oases for these sharks, too. So that's yeah, why they so think, they're going to congregate. That's why they think a lot of them end got, up there. One, it's almost like it's almost like a resting point between where... Yeah, I was going to say they fuel up and then migrate on to the next one. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the the gist of it. Of like, yeah, they're probably... Because even they end up being like, so I guess we don't fully know the connection. It's like, well, it's because it's their islands no, you that do. are rich you in do. minerals you know and food and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but when they got into the, how like, oh, they could actually use these islands as like direction indicators. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's super interesting. Yeah. Did they I, follow any of the migration patterns to see if they had island hopped? They didn't get into that okay. specifically, but be they, curious about that. but they did like talk about how a lot of, especially like great white sharks travel great distances, but they always, they, they're like, oh yeah, they'd probably stop off. They're basically truck stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's truck stops in the ocean. But no, they, they talk about that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, a lot of them, too, if they have an active volcano in them, yeah, the water is warmer. So it also, because one thing is they were actually studying this group, uh, this, this group was studying this, uh, of like an underwater volcano that they knew was going to go off and I guess goes off every now and then. Um, I think it's called a submarine volcano. And and they showed like the, they went underwater and just showed like you see all these just bubbles coming out of the ground. Like it is just like, oh, this is just earth that's going to explode. And what happened is it, it did erupt and like it erupted on camera. They were filming and just this <laughs> just explosion out of the water that they knew was coming. Um, but then they had cameras down there, like put cameras down right away. Immediately after this volcano erupted, there were sharks in in the shit. Like they came in and then were like in and it was like glowing orange. Like they were almost near it and they're like they are attracted to it. They just get in it right away. Hmm. That's that's interesting. I'd be curious. More curious for them to yeah. dig into that. And it was like an explosion and, you know, really murky hot water. But they come in, they're like, maybe it is just literally like, man, this is warm. And they're like, but none of them were there when it erupted. So like, Yeah, so they showed be, up afterwards. So there must be something that they maybe sense it's coming. That makes sense, though, because a lot of animals can sense storms when they're coming. Yeah, like, what, they, yeah. they have a weird... Well, a lot of it's the electric magnetic field yeah. stuff. Like, you know, that's that's why they say, like, you know, birds and dogs and whoever are, like, you know, uh, sensitive to thunderstorms because, like, well, they can feel the actual change in the magnetism in the air. You know what I mean? Where we can't really because we've been we've been almost trained out it's of It's because of our soft bellies. That's well, why. It's because of our big soft belly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to rub it right now. I'll rub my big soft belly. But, yeah, it's good. We, you know, we have there's things we don't have to be alert to anymore. You know, it's you know, but it's why why they also say we see more shades of green than anything yes. else. You know, because predators, so it's still in there. But but we got big saw bellies we now, do. big tasty saw bellies. I want you know what I want to eat a guy. I think. Well, hey, head to that island. That I, well, they don't do it anymore. Well, they're not going to say they do it anymore. <sighs> they've all they've moved on. Everyone's so woke now. Things have not. Eat- everyone's so woke and not eating people anymore. <laughs> also, things if you went there. 
Listen, I'm, 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 you're on the menu. Button. Listen, I'm number one yeah. to eat. <laughs> if they're making the to eat list, it's going to be the new white stranger up top. I'm like, have you seen that guy's belly? <laughs> He's got a big soft belly. I won't get in that. <laughs> um, uh, oh, huh. I wasn't looking. It's not like someone cocking a gun behind me. <laughs> no. Um, that that I think as much as it's a, a forty five minute documentary, I think I I gave you everything. <laughs> I gave you everything. There was one because they started the, the experiment in this place uh, called Reunion Island. I can't remember exactly where it was, um, but there has been eleven. But it's an act. It has like an active volcano on it or nearby. Or again, don't really remember. Uh, I watched this a whole day ago. So hey, that's know. a lot of information to retain. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I watched these two documentaries it, yesterday morning, so it was a, a lot of lot of volcano talk, and one was more compelling than the other. Uh, but this one place, they've had 11 shark deaths, like as in sharks killing people, 11 deaths since 2011, and this would have been filmed, in, I think I think it was like 2019 or something was out. Holy shit, that's like, that's like almost that whole average of yeah. shark deaths for a and year. And then 24 attacks total, to the point where this island has made swimming illegal. Well, it is against the law to swim. What's funny is they have to make it illegal because I would not be in that fucking water. <laughs> yeah, but they're still just you still see people just like out on the beaches and like some of them are getting in there. Oh, know? yeah. And even the documentary, they're just like, ah, we can't do this experiment. But like, ah, we might get in there. <laughs> they're like, oh, wow. So the law is really expected, really respected on this, uh, <laughs> this island. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking at my notes to try to, but I think I've literally told you everything. <laughs> The only other thing is they were talking about one of the, at the very beginning talking about one of the shark attacks and they interviewed some lady and she's like I know the one guy got attacked and he and he uh, you know he um uh, yes he did end up dying he he died and like she said it that way <laughs> it just that delivery <laughs> really really interested me and he did yes he did, he did also yes he's uh, uh he um he died he is he's dead and she he sounds like the female version of Jeff Goldblum And um, uh, the uh, the shark um, uh, um, it, uh, it bit him. He was bitten. The shark bit him and uh, 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 made a lot. Of, you know, a blood comes out when uh, um, when when and uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, um, he he died. <laughs> hey, just popping back in. Was Jeff Goldblum in here? <laughs> Cause fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like he would say that. <laughs> Uh, so I think that's everything about Sharkano. Yeah, it didn't take up a lot of time. That's so. all right. No, I liked it. <laughs> what do you? What do we got over there? All right, I got some stuff. My big sticky fellow. What do you got? You know, I did a little research on volcanist, volcanist, volcanist. So, all right, hold on. I thought I would look into what it takes to become a vol- volcanist. Is a volcanist the same as a volcanologist? Yeah. Okay, I did. I truly was. I wasn't asking to be a dick. I was actually wondering if they were different fields of study. Oh no, I think I was just saying it wrong. But oh, okay, yeah, volcanologist. A volcanist sounds like a, a religion about. I think volcanoes. I said it before, but it also sounds like a character from Star Trek. Um, well, yeah, they both got Vulcan in them, and that we got to do a rewrite on that. We, Come on, guys. Uh, what does it take to become? I mean, so essentially, a volcanologist. Yep, is is just kind of a specialized geologist, as you can imagine. Cause rocks. Cause rocks. Exactly. Cause rocks. Uh, so it, lava ain't nothing but but wet rocks. Yeah. 
The bare minimum would be a bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. And then most I of the time... I have one. <laughs> in, not volcanology. And geology. Ah, oh, shit. And then, not in film? Not in film. Damn sorry, it, bud. They won't take it? And then most volcanologists possess either a master's or a doctorate, doctorate degree so they can acquire the advanced knowledge you need. And then also so they can get grants and shit like that to uh, study right, 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 right. Yes, so as you can, can imagine. So you can go look at the look at the the secret rocks the secret special rocks that only geologists know about um so some of the best schools for studying <laughs> in volcanology <laughs> i love your research i know you it's do always, it's it's always a roller coaster you never know yeah <laughs> uh university of alaska in fairbanks okay Which makes sense yeah right this one not as much oregon state well oregon's close to washington volcano Fair. Uh, University of Hawaii. That makes sense. And University of Washington. Ah, I see. Those are some of the bigger ones, right? Yeah. So I know what you're thinking. What the University of Phoenix. <laughs> Dude, they had some online ones, and I swear that was one of them. I kid you not. Because I saw it on multiple websites. I'm like, this can't be real. It, it is just watch Dante's Peak. <laughs> yeah, right? That's probably, that's probably an assignment. Yeah. Today, class, we are going to watch and examine Dante's yes. Peak. Question one. Would you do Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> the correct answer is, of course. Of course. Uh, I know you're wondering what the salary ranges are, obviously, because you've been <laughs> thinking about diving into this. Yeah, go ahead and tell me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Volk... <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead. Volcanologists who fall under the broader BLS category, I don't know what that means, earn a median salary of $93,000 um, as of May 2020, with the highest 10% earning around $201,000 a year. Whoa. That's kind of a lot, really. Hey. And then the lowest... My er- business is volcanoes and business <laughs> Listen, is good. Lowest 10% earning $51,000 a year. That's not bad that's not, at that's all. A good living. That's a good living. Yeah, so... So Can what it, are we saying here? Become a become volcanologist. volcanologist. Actually, don't because it's really hard to find a job. I bet it seemed like when they even in the documentary into the inferno, like they're talking to other ones. I'm like, I bet that's a hard field to like really find your place in because that is a great question. What is the demand for a volcanologist? <laughs> he says, pointing at his computer. Go ahead. Well, the job demand for volcanologists is expected to grow seven percent in the next ten years as the world explodes. Yeah, it's probably gone before it's that. Probably, yeah, <laughs> it's probably it's probably because uh, the world is going to be trying harder to kill us. So yes. we need uh, we need more people to come fuck around. So that was just a little taste of that that I had for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any other any other research or was yeah. that all you researched? No. <laughs> what else? What do you got next? Bud? I had to look up the pyroclastic flow. Pyroclastic flow. Yeah. Had so to. so take yourself back to watching the, the 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 epic conclusion to Dante's Peak. What is that? That pyroclastic cloud. When the when the mountain friggin' explodes and there's that big old that big old cloud of of, of ash now, and dirt and gas and everything rushes down. You said you had some as well. Do you want to start? Uh, no. You start with yours. Okay. I. First, I just have like the definition of it. Lay right? it on, lay it on me, big dog. I didn't, I didn't have much about it. So, um, it's basically is a fast-moving current of hot gas and volcanic matter, collectively known as tef- tephra. I don't know what that means, but I think it's another word for 
pyroclastic flow. Um, flows along the ground from a volcano. Average speeds of 62 miles per hour can Kef- get up to 430 miles per hour. Jesus Christ. That is terrifying. Horribly fast. <laughs> and the gases and tephra can reach temperatures of about 1,000 degrees. Or no, 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. That was Celsius. Oh, good Lord. Go ahead and tell so me what, about tephra. I, well, I just said what I found out you guys. Tephra is the is fragmental material produced by a volcanic eruption, regardless of composition, fragment size, or emplacement mechanism. What does that mean? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Although I can gather in place probably how it got launched. Um, but basically, so, and what I found here is, so the airborne version of the fragments are pyroclasts, which that's where you get your pyroclastic flow or pyroclastic cloud. Yep. So when it's in the air, so tephra is basically the debris from volcanic debris. But then when it gets whipped up in a big old scary cloud that's chasing... It Pierce is, Brosnan and Linda Hamilton, it is pyroclast. It's the scariest kind of avalanche. Yeah, if the avalanche was air. Yeah, and gas. Yeah. And rock. Yeah. So there are different kinds of the pyroclastic flow. The one I decided to highlight was the fountain collapse, which is the classic one where it comes up. Explodes in a big old cloud. And then it falls and and rolls, right? Comes down real nasty like. The reason I looked that one up in particular, because that's the kind that took off Pompeii. Oh, okay. Did it... Man, so it must come down like a motherfucker then. Yeah. If it it blows up into a big cloud first and then can come down so hard... The part of it is when it catches a certain amount of air that's colder, it makes it drop. And well, and what did you say too? Was the the temperature of those clouds? Because they said it into the inferno too. Of oh, like it can how... it can reach temperatures up to eighteen hundred degrees. That's wild. Yeah, because it looks like just oh, a... you're you're instantly dead if you're in that cloud. Yeah, because it just it looks like just a cloud of smoke. It does. It looks like dust. Yeah, and smoke. But it is inside. It is, is so deadly. Is, is yeah. It's just pure heat. It's just it's just hell. Uh, there's also cold. Pyroclastic flows, it says here. Interesting. Uh, because those include steam, water, and rock, and those tend to be less than 482 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you know, it's chilly. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw I just saw that here. And it's like, yeah, there's there's the cold version. Still good. Still will immediately incinerate you. Good. <laughs> but it's this one's cold though. Um, okay, so I do have a little information on our French couple that we touched on earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so their names were Katia and Maurice Kraft. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, uh, them, themselves, and 40 other people were on Mount uh, Unzen in Japan. Uh, right, June yeah. 3rd, 1991. Oh, it was that recent, huh? Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, wow. I, thought, I figured they would uh, pass away much earlier. Well, I guess the, the footage just looked older, but I suppose... That's maybe just how the 90s looks to me now. Ugh. So it says that, um, like we said, that the the cloud washed over them, covered their corpses in about five millimeters of ash. Wow. Or about two inches, just covered. Yeah. Well, in their, in their footage in the documentary, like, they, they get up in the shit. They are right next to, like... Well, and then they show the one massive. video of the vehicle driving away from it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, like yeah. it's out of an action movie. It's terrifying. Yes, yeah. Where they're all like, and there's someone. Someone's like kind of running. It looks like they're kind of laughing, and they, I think not realizing what's behind them. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, I. Did you Did you have anything else? Have no, anything? that was uh about as far as I got. Okay. Yeah, because I I was interested in the the pyroclastic flow too. I I didn't really have anything different from uh from what you had there. But yeah, just the. Uh, you well, know that yeah that part probably blew my mind the most well it's terrifying it like, is yeah you got lava and fire and stuff but also like there might be this gas cloud that will that will burn you completely and consume oh, yeah. you and... it's not enough that the eruptions can be yeah like that of a n- nuclear device but then you have yeah you have a, a dust cloud i did watch one video because they were kind of curious like on how it actually flows because for a long time they just weren't sure it didn't really make sense you know because you'd think there'd be a lot of friction yeah but apparently there's like a thin layer of gas on the bottom and it rides that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, and I just I was reading this thing too that's considered what is called a gravity current, which is in in fluid dynamics, uh that's a a horizontal flow. So that's why it does. It does a yeah. straight just like just runs across the land. So, Roland Emmerich loves his 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 gravity current. <laughs> That's how he blew up all of America in Independence Day. <laughs> he did. It's his favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. Also in the the pyroclastic flow, because they talked about and they talk about that in into, into the Inferno, the Mount Pele, uh, in 1902. Oh yes. We how did we which not bring a, up this? Uh, in in uh, Saint Pierre, Martinique. Uh, but it it erupted and it killed thirty thousand people. Like was a massive. Uh, uh, eruption but it was it was mainly the pyroclastic flow and actually this one is considered one of the cold ones so you know still st- safe it's yeah. safe <laughs> yeah but that one prisoner survived because he was in basically solitary confinement was that that one or is that one of the other ones no that's that one yeah that was an interesting story yeah, yeah. the the guy who because he was in solitary confinement because he was such a fucker he was, yeah <laughs> And what I like too is that, like after that, he went and joined the circus. Oh yeah, uh, P.T. Barnum. Did, yeah, wasn't it P.T. Barnum got him, or was it, no, was it? I don't know. I don't think it mentioned what circus. No, in it's, particular. it's it said it said who hired him. It might not have been P.T. Barnum. It might have been one of the other, maybe the Ringlings or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. But then yeah, he traveled in a circus. Like the guy who survived this fucking because he did massive he eruption. Did, uh, sustain a lot of burns all over his body. Because he was basically in an oven, but like, what yeah, I, he was in solitary confinement, but he was just in. <laughs> what I find funny is though they found him and they're like, "Listen, bro, you went through some shit. Free to go." Yeah, they just let him go. They're we don't like, know what you did, but listen, get out of here. You lived in the lava box, so I guess you're free now. <laughs> that accelerates your sentence. They also had in the um, that, where we were talking about those measurements. They were like had the lasers pointing at the mountain. That was in, I think that was in Singapore or something. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. But uh, then the lady showed them to. She's like, "Oh, here's our bunker that we have, in case the mount, in case the vol- volcano erupts." Oh, didn't that give you like horrible claustrophobia? It freaked me the fuck out because it was just because they're like, "Oh, we we've stocked this to live in there for a month." I'm like, "Yeah, they're like a they're, month, no, just just in case we can't get to them. There's enough supplies in here to hopefully we have because we have food and oxygen for a month." I was like, fuck me. It didn't look no. great. And they showed us that after they told us about the prison guy. And I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't sound great. I don't know. Oh, that was a very calculated <laughs> Werner move right there. Just to fuck yeah, with your mind. That one was interesting. I'm like, I guess you would to have those bunkers. Like we talked about with the Dante's Peak one, the the guys who were killed at Mount St. Helens. Like they, you know, 
I'm sure now these mountains. Oh, I'm they, sure they're built now. These with mountains we the, the observe yeah. now. Like now they have to have these these uh, safe places. Uh, Dustin, would you like me? I, I I haven't done much research on it, but I'm looking at the page right now, and I'll be I'll be honest. I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now. But the old Wikipedia page for John Frum. I need to hear. Would more you like about to John talk Frum. like me to talk a little bit about John Frum? Uh, yeah. So this is a, a weird volcano cult. Uh, <laughs> worships this guy who's allegedly an an American serviceman. It was a World War II American soldier. Similar to North Korea, this volcano has created a new god. The name of the deity, John Frum, a mythical American GI who descended from the clouds. Which is weird because that means this religion is very new. I mean, it started in the 30s. Yeah. When it, when it started uh, showing up. And it's also one of the, I don't know, rare instances of people from a different part of the world um, really loving America. That's rare. <laughs> we don't get that. We don't get that a ton. We don't get a lot of here, to be honest. They, hey, they just really wanted that gum. They wanted them VHS tapes. Wanted gum. I want gum and I want videos. I just, I just want to chew on some bubble yum and just and watch me just some faces of death that's the that's the cassettes they want (laughs) (laughs) yeah so john from also sometimes referred to as john brum or john prum so right there you immediately have these different sects of this religion uh but yeah he's a mythic figure there's no proof that anyone named john from ever went to these islands ever did anything there there probably there could have been servicemen who ended up at these islands because world war ii it's off the coast of australia who knows but really really all they know is is that people just fucking like this guy (laughs) (laughs) who passes through a volcano from america so here i'm just i'm just gonna read a little bit from the old wikipedia so the religion centering on john from arose in the late 1930s which makes sense that was World War II gone, but we didn't join till the 40s. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so this this one island, uh, Vanuatu, uh, it was known as New Hebrides, yeah, whatever. Um, there was a claim in 1949 that it started in the 1910s, but then that undoes the World War II aspect of it, so I, I don't know. Um, but the movement was influenced by existing religious practice in the Sulphur Bay area of Tana, particularly the worship of, and this they this is the god I think they talk about in the documentary, but Kara Paramun, which is a god associated with Mount Tuk, Tuko Smera, which is a volcano, which is the volcano I think yeah. on that island. So I think it I think it was a merge of like history and the religion of that god just kind of being merged into one is what it kind of seems like. Uh in one analysis of the cult, the figure was first known as John Broom, who was believed by followers to one day return from a distant land to sweep away the white colonials and return riches to the islands. Now that is interesting to think a white like an American serviceman is the one to get rid of the white colonialists because I don't know. I don't, they, I don't think, think that's they know much about <laughs> Us and what our history. I was gonna say I'm gonna just going off of history. It's not um, doesn't sound like us. Doesn't sound like us. Doesn't sound like us at all. Get some. Now I had a funny thought. Tell it to me on our Hemus podcast. Oh well, there is a television show called American Gods on Stars. 
Uh, I would love to see John Frum show up. That would be great. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be fun. So obscure. He's part of the New Gods. I've I've never watched the show, but I've listened to the book. I have a oh nice. I have a yeah. I listen to it. I didn't read it. Reading stupid. Yeah. No. Whoa. Whoa. I I had a. a um, how was it? how was the book actually? I've thought about it's reading great. that. It's great. Okay. I'm sure it's a lot better than the show. Because yeah. books generally, I heard the show is messy, and then I I know they also yeah the, no the, the book's great. The book's great. I have watched the show. It is very messy. The recording I have to because they it was around when the show came out too. They did a new version. It was like the 10th anniversary edition, but it was for the show. Um, but it's a full cast recording too. That's fun. So there's like a narrator, but also people playing the characters, and then Neil Gaiman, who wrote the book, he does like the uh, the interludes that happen throughout the book. Okay. Um, it's quite good. And I know it was done for the show because the person who voices one of the characters is trying to sound like Ian McShane, who is in the <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, no, uh, the book's fantastic. Okay. Fucking loved it. Anyway, uh, it would be, it would, it would be funny if John Frum was in it because there's the old gods and the new gods. Yeah. So it's like, here's the new gods. I'm John. <laughs> hey. Oh, well, all the other new gods are like technology and other cool stuff. No, I'm just, I'm just a guy. I got some gum. Just some dude named John. Yeah. You, <laughs> do you want some gum? <laughs> And then, like in High American Summer, they just make out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the code. <laughs> um, others contend that John Frum was a kava-induced spirit vision, said to be the manifestation of uh, Keraparamun, the uh, the volcano god. This John Frum promised the dawn of a new age in which all white people, including missionaries, would depart the area. So it's interesting that a lot of them are this like um, this American soldier, and all history says like he was white. There was like uh, David Attenborough actually spoke to someone, and they have this quote here where it says he looked like you. He had a white face, and he was a tall man. So it's interesting that they have this God who's this white guy who's going to make all the white people go away from their area. Yeah. I don't... It's, that's interesting. Okay, so some other uh, hashtag from facts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in 1941, followers of John Frum, they rid themselves of all their money, but in a frenzy of spending. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a get rid of your earthly possessions. It was like, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> so he really is like an American god then. It, as this goes... <laughs> Don't worry, here comes the outside forces. So European colonial authorities, so... Can I take a hard guess? Yeah. Do they take big loans out? <laughs> take big <laughs> loans? Well, you can get cash for gold. <laughs> in, right, sorry, in the John Frum cult. <laughs> you know that gold you have laying around? <laughs> They'll give you cash for it. Um, so European colonial authorities at one point, because uh, I think they were, you know colonizing this area and this is also during the war too this is still during world war ii um they were trying to su suppress the movement uh to the point to where they actually arrested a man from the area who was calling himself john from and they uh publicly humiliated him imprisoned him uh and ultimately ultimately exiled him with other leaders of the cult uh to another island in the uh archipelago so I don't think they went too So we just started away, a new they, cult? On a I island. think so. Uh, but even though, uh, despite that effort, the movement gained popularity in the 1940s uh, after 50,000 American troops were stationed in New uh, Hebrides, which is the island area. Um, so during World War II, bringing with them enormous amounts of supplies. Ah, uh, okay. 
So I think this cult much, I think it looks like it started around some sort of humanistic version of the volcano god, but then just got turned into like, man, see all the gum those guys had? (laughs) I don't know why we're focusing on the gum so hard, but after the war and the departure of the Americans, followers of John Frum, uh, they built symbolic landing strips in hoping to encourage American planes to land and bring them more cargo. These people just want stuff. They just want stuff. They just want some stuff, man. And I listen, I get that. And what's more American than that? Than just wanting some stuff. I want gum and toast and blenders and whatever. Now listen, if America was smart, we would have started putting ads out over there oh yeah we should we got been like these people john from where's levi's we're americans they listen to podcasts <laughs> yeah, just billboards everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> listen john from runs on duncan <laughs> well there's there's people are thinking so it was after the wars where the American connection really took off because of the soldiers that were there. There's also people who think that potentially John from literally means like John from from America, like he from America, or just or they some even think maybe from anywhere that's not there, right? Because John's such a basic white name, right? It could just be literally just having this dream of like not from here, from elsewhere. Uh, but even the documentary, they like the one guy says, like, no, he's our Jesus. Like, and they know, yeah, no, like, like, he, he, no, like John Frum's our Jesus. Well, he talks about staying by the volcano for an evening and having a conversation with the chief's son, the one who's about to yes. take over at the end. Yes, yeah. some some of you are, yeah, some some of them are are able to speak to the volcano, which they believe may also be speaking to John Frum because he has a a room he lives in in the volcano. Well, it's his portal. Well, then when they talk about too, like other things that are mystical it's always like yeah you're just you're in this room you get this room i'm like i think these people just want stuff yeah <laughs> like they just want i just want a house with with chewing gum i just want a thing they do have their own political party and the fromocrats <laughs> from publicans uh they're called the the let me look at the pronunciation or oh, there's no pronunciation the the negria mill but it's a it's, what you, hey, what do you want to do with that? I can't make uh, a joke on that. Uh, but yeah, it's the, that's their party. In 2011, uh, the president of that party was actually uh, a woman, which has always been held by male chieftains. So she broke the glass ceiling on that. Uh, she was eventually fired uh, due to uh, evidence of corrupt activities. So um, <laughs> uh, you know, she was trying some. to get stuff. Win some, lose some. She was trying to get stuff. I feel like the from, from give us stuff. The, the from cult, I feel like the they have doo wop groups within their cult. <laughs> Listen, if there if there's a good and just John from, <laughs> um, uh, John from day is uh, each year in February. It doesn't say exactly when. Well, but damn it, I want to celebrate. I hope it's on my birthday. Am I John from? <laughs> Uh, but that's 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 all Wikipedia has about John. Well, was, I didn't do any deeper. That was but, enough. I liked it. No, that one, that part of the documentary made me go like, I need. I immediately looked it up. I'm like, I need to learn more about this John because I was like, is that a real guy? Is there any evidence? I know. I wonder. I because the my movie, first thought was that he was just some crazy white dude who started a cult. I I thought I'm like, well, I'm like, what if he was a soldier and he just he was like stranded there and hung out with these people for a little bit, like, and became a god? That's interesting on its own. It's even more interesting that they seem to have made up a white guy who's going to get rid of the white guys. Fascinating. Very. 
it's really interesting. But yeah, I, I do wonder if there was literally just like, oh, John from right. America, he, he gave he gave me this. Isn't this great? Isn't this cool? We don't have gum here. Like, I don't and know. And that just turned into a god. <laughs> it could have. Like, it could have. It would be really interesting because that would be a, a whole side idea of like, when we have these massive conflicts, what you know, especially like something like World War II, where people from all over the world are going and fighting in other parts of the world and interacting with other parts in the of the world for the first time, do you create a religion accidentally? That's interesting. That I don't is know. wild. Yeah, and not that I want to mock these people's beliefs, but like honestly, John Frum, that sounds like a funny movie. Some guy who's just on an island, he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I think I'm God now. That could be a really good comment because I had some cookies. I don't even, and I, wa- I want to leave. <laughs> You're just trying so desperately to get off this island. Yeah, a god who really wants to leave. I don't live here. I want to get back home. I want some gum. I want some gum. Ugh. I got to get back to bodegas and buy <laughs> gum. Did we do it? Oh, yeah. I think we did it, and then some, huh? <laughs> Definitely then some. <laughs> Uh, Into the Inferno. Yes. 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 Give it a peep. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That tells you anything. Yeah. Yeah. We rarely give anything a yeah rating and we're giving Into the Inferno to Piping Hot. Yes. Yeah. I think I like this one better than Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man is still very interesting. Yeah, but it's much more about the uh, the mental state of one man. Yeah, you're you're sadder. That one's during... much more of a bummer. Grizzly Man has a lot more sadness to it. This one, there may be some exi- existential dread to it, but not. Uh, you're not just being like, "Oh, that's sad." Yeah, you know, there's a lot more of just like weird. Whoa, yeah, huh? Oh. huh. World's crazy. Yeah, that's, this documentary will make you go, "Man, world be crazy." That's what this one will make you do. Uh, Sharkano, I told you everything. You don't need to watch it. Yeah, you're, you you, you're caught one. up. Despite the uh, the tantalizing name. Yeah, that's that's fucked. It's tantalizing, titillating, and titillizing. It's all those things. Uh, but the the doc, not so much. Just the title. Yeah, that's it. It's as far as you need to go with that one. And then um, John Frum, uh, he is good and just and praise him. Oh, I'll, I'll be joining that. Yeah. Yeah. I like a I like a god named John. I think we need a good chapter in Iowa here. John from chapter. Yeah, cool. um, we could be an offshoot, and we we could name him something slightly different. Okay, Don Chum. Because <laughs> <laughs> with our shark show, that fits. Don Chum. Don Chum. He's the patron saint of Midwestern sharks. And and our religion is like going to be based solely around chewing gum oh wow. i thought it was gonna be casey's pizza oh john gum it's right there oh shit that's right there bro <laughs> it's right there john gum john gum it's we <laughs> we have a belief system that this guy named john will come again and gonna give us all gum that's it that's it there's no disaster in this religion nope just just gum free of charge you know, and that's why I, that's why I, me, when I'm on airplanes, I'm gum guy in the row. I try to, I ask everybody if they want a little bit of gum. I don't talk to any of them and I don't want them to talk to me, but that's my one gesture. Cause I'm trying to spread the goodwill of John gum, John gum. in the world. Yeah. 
think we've run out of steam. Uh, we, have, we have run out of things to talk about. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and reach over here and just pull the old ripcord. The podcast ripcord that we have. Yes. Ready? Here we go. Ah!